I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. Hello, and welcome to a bonus episode of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thanks so much for being here. I am glad you are listening to this episode. I know it's a different topic than what you might be used to seeing on this podcast. Although if you listen to episode 350, which I released a couple weeks ago on the show, then you might understand why I'm talking about this topic. By the way, if you did not listen to episode 350, you don't need to do that before listening to this. I'll give you a little bit of a recap, but I do recommend going back and listening to that so you can get the full story of what's going on over here at Veronica Grant HQ. So long story short, I am adding an addition to my business which is all about money coaching and personal finance consulting. I'm wrapping up my training and I've just been chomping at the bits to get this stuff to you guys because I'm so passionate about it. I really do believe that, you know, the way that I teach dating and relationships really does just give a big F you to the patriarchy. And I really do believe that I can make the same kind of impact with how you, you know, relate to your money and how you spend your money and how you use your money and save and grow and invest and all that kind of stuff. Because It's really like a very similar pattern that often happens with women and money as it happens in women in love and dating and relationships. So I'm adding that part to my business. The podcast is going to stay mostly the same. You might notice some occasional more money episodes like this one drop from time to time, but ultimately it's going to stay the same where it's mostly love and relationship and dating coaching, and it's going to stay on the same schedule, right? So the first and third Thursday of the month, I release a new coaching podcast. And then the second Thursday of the month, I release a new solo episode. Those solo episodes are usually expanding on a topic from a coaching episode, or they are a topic that has been coming up over and over and over and over again 
weekend with clients. And I just figure, okay, everyone's asking me this. We're all talking about it. Maybe there's something going on in the stars. So I should probably talk about it for the general public as well, because maybe they're experiencing it too. I don't really know. But that's really how I draw the inspiration for those episodes. And then the fourth episode of the month, I talk about a current topic or news item or news article that came out around dating or relationships. And then I kind of decipher it and then translate what that might mean for you. So next month, I'm talking about a new article that came out in the New York Times around how I think it's 20% of married couples have permanent separate bedrooms and what that means for the relationship. And if it's a quote unquote, good or bad thing, the article certainly has an opinion. I have a strong opinion too. And I'm going to share all about that next month. Last week, I just released in the fourth episode of of the month in March 2023, I released an episode about a new Pew Research study that came out around online dating. The research was, I think the polls were only done in the US, but I do think it's applicable no matter where you are listening in from. So if you are online, if, if you're on online dating and you're struggling or it's stressful or you hate it or you feel like it's your only option, then you really should listen to the episode because I think it'll help you understand some of the big picture a lot better and then ha- what that actually means for you as an individual you know, user on the apps and how you can honestly make the most of it. So wherever you're listening to this podcast, it'll either be literally the episode just above or below this one, depending on which podcast app you're on. I think some do it like chronological, some do a reverse chronological, whatever. Anyways, you got the point. It's it's right next to this episode. You can, so you can easily listen to that one. And just so you know, any episode I ever reference, any links I ever reference is always going to be on the show notes. And you can get the show notes page by just going to the episode info wherever you're listening to this you know, to this episode. And by the way, this is a bonus episode because there's a fifth Thursday in March 2023. So whenever there's a fifth Thursday, I will do a bonus episode on just, you know, something I want to talk about because I feel like it or if there's like a guest, I really want you to know, like I've had Veronica, my friend Veronica Preddy, she's an astrologist on the show multiple times. Um, I've had her for bonus episodes. So I'll do things like that. And today I want to talk about this new part of my business. One, because you might have missed episode 350 and you're not aware that I'm doing this over on Instagram. And also it is timely because next month before I go on maternity leave, I am going to be, oh, wait, haha, there we go. I just said maternity leave. I don't think I've actually announced to my podcast listeners that I'm having a baby <laughs> this summer. I know it's on my newsletters, but um, yep, surprise, I'm having a baby, which I'm super excited about. So I'm going to get this masterclass out to you before I leave for maternity leave because I don't know, I'm just that excited and I don't want to wait until the fall. So here we are. Anyways, so I've got a two-part masterclass coming out next month. And if what I talk about in this show resonates, if you want to go deeper with me, if you want to learn more and really get on top of your money, not like in a stressful kind of way, but in a way where like you're running it, rather it it runs you, then um, I definitely encourage you to sign up for the masterclass. I'm going to talk about the details of that at the end of the episode, but just know that that is coming. So actually, you know what, I'm going to just give you a little preview right now, and then I'll give you more details at the end. So I'm teaching a two-part masterclass. The first part of the masterclass is an optional get your debt paid off class. And then the second part of the masterclass is called a run your money masterclass. Um, They're both taught live. And I needed them to be separate because honestly, there's so much to talk about with debt that 
it would just totally cloud over everything else for the run your money. And like, I do think that you need to have not necessarily your debt paid off, but you need to have like a pretty good plan on how and when it's going to get paid off. And so when I say get your debt paid off, I really mean high interest debt. So I'm talking about personal loans, potentially some car loans, depending on the interest rate and like the price of the car. But I'm really, really talking about credit card debt. If you're chugging along and you've got a mortgage and you know, you're good, like that, this class is probably not for you unless you just want to learn more about (laughs) debt for some reason. I mean, I, I like to learn about it, but you know, not everyone's going to be a nerd like I am, but once you have like your debt under control and like a plan, then I think you'll be ready for the second part of the masterclass, which is the run your money masterclass. And I'm going to give you more details around what we're going to cover and the pricing and the dates and all of that stuff at the end of the episode. I just want to get bogged down with it right now. And of course, we'll put the links to the info page in the show notes as well so that you can check it out if you are interested. And by the way, if you're not following me on Instagram, that's where the majority of my money content is. So I'm posting one mini, or I'm calling it a bite-sized lesson, money lesson, once a day over there. So you can follow me, Veronica E. Grant. I do have a plan to start being on TikTok, but most of what I'm creating are slides. So I need to figure out what I'm doing on TikTok if I want to make those into videos somehow or you know, make videos myself. Um, So eventually, maybe we'll see. (laughs) Uh, But definitely Instagram, Veronica E. Grant. And again, we'll put that link in the show notes. But if you're not following me there, and you want some super bite sized, very grounded, like explain it to you like your five kind of lessons, then you'll really love, I think what I'm doing over there with my account. And of course, I'm always open, you know, for DMs, questions, all that kind of stuff, because one, I can just answer them for you, but also it just helps me to create um, even better content for you moving forward. So today I want to talk a little bit about your money story. And then I want to talk about how to spend smarter, save strategically and grow your money. Now, obviously that's a lot of content and, or that's a lot of material. And that's essentially the outline of what my run your money masterclass is going to be. So it's really just going to be high level things to think about things. Um, and again, like this will give you a sense as to whether or not the masterclass will be a good idea for you or a good next step for you. Um, but regardless of whether or not you join me in that masterclass, I hope that this episode will kind of get your juices flowing a little bit so that you can start to, you know, run your money better. So in my episode of 350, when I announced all of the stuff and gave all of the background, I talked a little bit about my money story. And I just want to double dip back into that a little bit right now. Not too much because I know some of you might have listened to episode 350. And I don't want to repeat myself too much. But I just want to give you some context here. So in that episode, I talked about how I've actually always been pretty good with money. You know, when I started babysitting, I was a mother's helper starting at like 10 years old, and I saved thousands of dollars. And then I surprised my mom with when I walked into her room one day with like literally a wad of cash. And she was like, holy shit. You know, so I've always been really good at not just saving my money, but also being able to see like, oh, you know, I'm, you know, 11 years old, 12 years old, going to the mall with my friends, and I want to get like, I don't know, a jacket that costs $100. I've always been really good at knowing, well, I can't just spend $100 because that's going to blow all my money. I need to gradually put $10 or $5 or $15 aside so that then eventually I'll get the $100 and then I can buy that jacket. 
I don't know if it's because I'm a Capricorn or what, but that's always come very easily and naturally and intuitive for me. And I also watched my mom be pretty conservative with money like that as well. She always would say to us growing up, pay yourself first, pay yourself first, pay yourself first. And I think it's actually fairly good advice like that alone. Like I'm, I'm not like, you know, dissing her on or like, oh, she shouldn't have said that. Like, I think that's fine advice. The problem was, was that I took it a little bit too far because I didn't see like a limit to that, right? Like, because pay yourself first. And my mind was like, oh, I need to save. And it stopped being about saving and more almost into like hoarding, right? And so I would just accumulate and accumulate and like it never felt like enough and I never felt secure enough. And this really translated and carried over well into my adulthood. And to be honest, I never really, really looked at it until I started my business. So even though I'd always been good with money, making various incomes, you know, throughout college and my 20s, when I started my business, and I actually had to like, put a price on things and say, this is how much things cost to people and charge people for that. Um, It brought up a lot of money stuff that I simply just didn't know was there, to be totally honest. I just, you know, again, like I knew I was always stressed about money because I never felt like enough, no matter how much I actually had saved in the bank. Again, there was no limit to that. There was no boundary to that. And um, I didn't really realize how much of a problem that was until I started my business. Um, Because and and I really saw it in terms of like pricing and having, you know, non icky sales conversations with potential clients. Um, And so that's when I really had to like, buckle down and get really clear with my relationship with money. Now, to be clear, I don't really buy into the whole idea of like money mindset. I think it's actually pretty toxic for a couple of reasons. One, it puts the blame on the person like, oh, you haven't done enough inner work or you're not manifesting hard enough or someone else is more self-actualized than you are. And that's why they have a million dollars and you have a thousand dollars or whatever. So I think it's really blamey, especially to people who don't have a lot of money or who really are broke or have a lot of debt or whatever. And so I think that's just, you know, again, like really shitty. And I think that plays into a kind of hyper-capitalist way of like pull your pull your bootstraps up kind of thing. And it's like, yeah, okay, we can pull our bootstraps up. But also some people are at a, you know, starting at a, you know, a higher level than than other people. And I put myself in that category, right? Like, you know, I talk a lot about how I was really stressed about money, and I just needed to get more and more and more. But like, at the same time, there was never like a real issue, right? Like, even if the worst had happened, and I lost my job when I was, you know, 25 or whatever, it would have been fine. Either my parents could have floated me for a little bit, or I could have moved back home. Do you know what I mean? So I always had, you know, my worst case scenario was not literally having to be on the street or someone's couch. Like there was, I had other options and other things that I could do, not to mention a master's degree, which, you know, makes you more, you know, it just makes it easier sometimes to find jobs in the eyes of employers. And so I share all of this because it's really important to know what your money story is. And so um, as I'm sharing this, my guess, my assumption is that you're probably already thinking about like, oh, yeah, I can relate to Veronica on that. Or, oh, no, that wasn't my experience, but this is my experience. So you're already starting to piece together your own money story. And I think it's one of the most important things to do before you actually start thinking about 
how you want to spend your money, what you want to save for, how you want to invest, because you can come up with like the best spending and savings and investing plan like ever. (laughs) But if you're still playing out old money fears, then it's just going to be really, really hard for you to stick with it, right? And this, and again, if you've been listening to me for a while talking about relationships and dating, this should feel or sound very, very familiar, right? Like it's very easy to say, well, I'm going to, I'm going to not ignore red flags next time, or I'm not going to have sex with someone until we're an official relationship. It's very easy to say those things, but then actually doing those things in practice when there's emotions and hormones and all these other things flying around, uh, it can be a lot trickier. It can be a lot harder to actually hold yourself to it. Um, But if you actually pop the hood and understand why you're ignoring red flags or, you know, what your relationship to sex and intimacy and, you know, building a partnership with someone is, then it's much easier to, I don't want to say do the right thing, but do the thing that will serve you best because you're, you're operating from the inside out rather than trying to force a situation when like maybe the inside you feel a very, very different way. And so I would say the same thing is true with your money story, right? Like it can be very easy to sit down and look at your numbers and crunch a budget and all that kind of good stuff. And yeah, I mean, maybe it's not easy for you. I don't know. I, I might be speaking on my ass because like I said, this stuff comes really naturally to me, but I do think anyone could like put some numbers into a spreadsheet and be like, at least, okay, yeah, I can see how the math could work. Right. But the reality is, is that you're going to have days where you're having a bad day and you just happen to see that Instagram ad with those cute shoes and then boom, you buy it or you're not feeling great. And you just want to, I don't know, you know, order takeout instead of, you know, cook your own food that will obviously be much cheaper for you over the long run. Or, you know, I mean, you can think of whatever your, you know, your thing is. I mean, mine's certainly sushi, although I've definitely (laughs) have reined that one in over the years. So you have to look at you know, how you relate to money, how you learn to relate to money. You know, some of you might actually feel really uncomfortable thinking about money and talking about money. Um, If you grew up in a house where, you know, you never asked for anything because you knew that would get you in trouble or your parents would say something like, what do you think money grows on trees or what am I made of of money Um, or money is a necessary evil, then you might've just stopped asking for things. And so you might just not spend any money on yourself. So I'm not saying don't spend money on yourself, but not spending money on yourself too can create a lot of problems. And this is really where I found myself in a cycle of like, I was, I was saving, 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 but with no intention or purpose behind it. It was just saving out of fear. I would, I would feel guilty spending money even for things that I needed like groceries. And in fact, in my 20s, I trained myself to drink just plain straight black coffee, no sugar, no cream, because I figured, oh, I can cut out cream and sugar (laughs) from my grocery bill. Now, in my situation, could could I have afforded cream and sugar? Yeah, but I was just like cutting willy nilly because it was always better to save more and and spend less. Again, with no purpose, no intention behind it, that created a lot of a lot of scarcity. So it it was very stressful for me to spend any kind of money, much less, you know, on things I didn't quote unquote need. And that was just like a whole other, you know, guilt trip and a half that's just really, really exhausting. And so even though I was quote unquote good with money. I also, looking back, like money was very much 
running me. It was still dictating a lot of my emotions day to day. It was still dictating a lot of the things that I did, didn't do, as opposed to the other way around. And I've talked, I talked about this a little bit, episode 350. So you can go back and listen. Um, But this is really the point of the masterclass. Like I want you to be able to run your money. Now look, like, you know, I can't go buy a private jet. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, so I guess in that way, money is still running me like that. It's just no bank is going to give me a loan to do that. I, I cannot cobble up enough money to reasonably buy a jet and also like not have to like, you know, essentially sell my soul or cash out my four. I don't know how much a jet is, honestly, but I'm pretty sure I can't afford it. So I'm not talking about like these pie in the sky, like why do you even really want them kind of things. I'm just talking about like how I want you to be able to be in a place where you feel like you run your money and you can reasonably either buy or figure out a way to buy most of the things that you would want. And what I mean by figure it out is like, maybe you do have to save a little bit or reallocate some things a little bit to make something happen. But I've noticed that whenever I've had to do that, like to afford either like a program or a trip, or I don't know, something else that I want to get in the process of reallocating or finding the money that will tell me if I really want it or not, right? Like sometimes I start doing I'm like, you know what, I mean, it'd be nice, but it's not really that important, right? And so that's still me running my money because if I really wanted to, I could find the money. I just deciding like it's not actually that important or not that valuable to me. So let's jump into spending, saving, investing, because this is actually a pretty good segue because I'm already kind of getting into that. And again, I've talked about this previously on the podcast, so I won't go too far into it now, but I firmly believe in budgets, but not budgets to the point where you are restricting yourself so much, you can't have any joy or pleasure right now. Because I think you do have to have joy and pleasure. Now, how much you want to spend now versus how much you want to either save for short-term goals or invest for long-term goals, you know, that's a personal decision that everyone gets to decide. But like, you know, the whole, I know like the New York Times has done like a whole bunch of articles around how millennials have to stop buying avocado toast and they you know, do the math where avocado toast costs like $10. And if you get that once a week, and you invest that instead, here's what it's worth in a 401k later or a Roth or whatever later on. And like, yeah, sure. Like if you put 10 extra dollars into 401k, like that's the math, that's probably what it would be worth in 2030, whatever years. But it's up to you if you want that avocado toast or not. Some of you might be like, no, actually, I'd rather be able to invest more so I can retire early or maybe like really early. And maybe some of you are like, yeah, like I want to be able to retire at a reasonable age, but also I want to be able to enjoy my life now. And that's really the camp that I'm in, but I fully support people at, you know, various ends of the camp. Also people, some people have pensions. It's not as common these days, but you know, people who work for the government largely do to some extent, although probably not enough to totally rely on, or not enough to totally rely on. But everyone has different situations. But basically, you know, your spending has to align with what your values are. And I really want you to be super discerning. And I think a lot of people resent this because I think that people think that, well, one, budgets are constraining, which I don't think they are. I think when you know exactly where every penny is going, then when you do want to buy the avocado toast, you can just like eat it and not feel guilty and just enjoy every moment of it because you also know that you've allocated a certain amount of money into saving or you know, paying for other bills or investing or whatever it is. So you can actually enjoy that avocado toast with a lot more fulfillment rather than doing it, but then just feeling guilty about it later on. That's not a way to live. And that's an example of money really running you rather than the other way around. 
Now, I think also people resent having, well, let me put this in air quotes. People resent, quote unquote, having to have a budget because I think there is like this belief or this myth or something that rich people or wealthy people don't have a budget. And I don't actually think that's true at all. Obviously, like wealthy people are, first of all, that is totally like what wealthy is to you might be different for someone else or for me or whatever. So there's that caveat. But let's just say people have a lot of money and a lot of like spending money, all that kind of stuff. A lot of those people probably do have budgets. And I firmly believe that people can get wealthy or stay wealthy because they actually have a budget, right? Like there's all these crazy statistics around people who either win the lottery, who end up going bankrupt within like seven years. And then even people who it's not like a lottery, like billion kind of amount, but like inherit money from their parents, whether it's, you know, 10,000 or, you know, several 10,000 or even several hundred thousand, the majority of even those people will lose half of those those inheritances because of spending and bad investments. And so I think that while rich people or wealthy people, whatever you want to call them, might have bigger budgets, might have bigger margin for errors, I think they absolutely know exactly where the majority of their money is going. And again, that's how they stay in that wealthy bracket or how they're even able to further grow their wealth because they know exactly how much they can spend and how much they need to put in various investments or savings, you know, to reach certain goals. So I think that the mindset shift here is going from I have to budget to I get to budget so that I can grow my money or budgeting will help me grow my money so that I can be rich or wealthy or again, whatever word works for you. And I'm a really big believer in spending money on things that make you happy and then being really frugal in areas that don't. I don't spend that much money on clothes. I'm in a buy nothing Facebook group. I will get as many clothes as I can there for free, um, especially maternity clothes, because like that's a whole other podcast I can rant on. <laughs> Um, friggin' maternity clothes. God, man, they're so friggin' expensive and you hardly even wear them. Anyways, but even outside of that, I just, I'm not interested in spending a lot of money. I put a small amount of money every month aside for clothes, but I don't necessarily spend it. But then when I do need to go buy like a new pair of winter boots or something, then I have a few hundred dollars that I can spend and I will buy a good pair of boots that will last me several, several years. And that's kind of like how I tend to, you know, handle my clothing. Some people love clothes and it's like an art for them and it just makes them so happy. And if that's you, that's awesome. Then you just want to, you know, budget for that so that you can buy things that make you happy. And one of my favorite things to do is I actually do have a miscellaneous budget so I can, I can have some of those like mindless spends, right? Like if I happen to see something either online or when I'm out or whatever, and I just want to buy it and not think about it, then I have a small budget for that so that I can have some of that mindless spending, because like, let's be honest, like we are human, right? So that's, that's really spending in a nutshell. And that goes hand in hand with saving. And when I talk about saving, I really mean short term. So I mean, things like saving for a down payment on a house, I mean, things like saving for a vacation, saving for if you want, like, if you love expensive clothes or designer clothes or whatever, and you want to buy like a $5,000 handbag, then you can save for things like that. Another thing that you can save for that a lot of people don't think about is I'm going to talk about investing in a second, but a lot of times you have to have a 
um, either $1,000 or $3,000 initial investment into various index funds. And uh, some people don't have $3,000, you know, laying around. And so and so saving for that initial investment is a great goal to, to have as well. It's really anything that is not going to go in the stock market because you need this money in the next six months to, I don't know, several years. If it's like anything 10 years plus, then you could, again, we'll talk about investing in just a moment. But these are things where you'll need the money relatively soon. And of course, I would put your emergency fund in here as well, which is, again, a whole other thing that I'm not going to talk about too much today, but I have talked extensively about on Instagram. So make sure you go follow me there if you haven't already. And this should really be the first thing that you save for. Um, And ideally, you have at least three to six months of living expenses. And I would say six to 12 months if the economy is looking like a recession and you don't have like absolute job security. Like for example, my husband works in the federal government and so like he's fine. And so we have probably a smaller emergency fund than I would recommend for, you know, a family of two before, but that's because like he's never going to lose his job. And even he prints money for a living, which I think is funny because now I'm talking about money, but (laughs) anyways, even if like the government decides to like not have paper money or coins anymore, the government would have to buy him out. So so we have that added security. So our emergency fund, you know, well, I have a business and certainly my business can fluctuate and go up and down because of his job. Again, we have less than probably what I'd recommend for most for most people. But for people with a mortgage and or kids, I definitely recommend six to 12 months or if the economy looks like it's going to be going towards a recession. No one really can predict that until we're actually in it. And sometimes don't even know it until we're already in it. So anyways, about six months is a good place to start. And then you can see how you feel from there. And I know there's questions around like, what do I save for first, these short-term investments or retirement or paying off credit card debt. I'm going to talk about all of that in both of these, in this two-part masterclass that I'm teaching next month. Um, But I also do share some insight around that in on Instagram, it just gets really nuanced here. And I don't want to get too much into the weeds in this episode. I just want to keep things moving along. And again, these are these are things you, you save for, but they don't go in the stock market. Um, these are so things that you're saving for can go in a high interest savings account, they can go in a, a certificate of deposit account. So a CD, they can also go in something called an I bond, um, at least right now in 2023 those interest rates are super, super high. They're almost like the return of what you might expect as a conservative estimate in the stock market. Now, there's some caveats to that because sometimes you have to put your money in these things and you can't get it back. So these are not for like your emergency fund. But if you know that you want to buy a house in maybe like two years or a year, you can put a pile of money um, that you've saved so far into it. You can add to it something like you add to it. um, And that can help you grow your money a little faster in a pretty safe way. All right, so I want to jump to investing. Here's the thing about investing. It's so complicated, but it's also not. It's complicated because people are trying to sell you either their investment products or they're trying to sell you that they can predict the market and you should do what they do or let you manage your investment portfolio for you. People will beat the market, right? I think Warren Buffett has beat the market like, I don't know, a crazy amount of time. That's part of the reason why he's a friggin' billionaire. There are outliers. But when you think about how there are millions, if not even billions of people who have at least some money in the stock market and are investing, there's bound to be some people who just 
I don't know whether it's luck or they're just freaking geniuses do better, but that's not the majority of people. And also a lot of these investment products, um, when other people are managing your investments for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Not only do they have to do better than the stock market because they're promising you that they don't have to do anything, but they have to beat the savings you would save by doing something that's cheaper. So let me explain. So let's say you hired me to manage your investment portfolio. You can't do that because I don't have that service and I will never be investing or managing people's portfolios because I firmly don't believe in it, but I'm just giving you a hypothetical here. And I charge you 2% of your account. Over the lifetime of your retirement account, that's going to cost you, depending on how big your account is, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. And 2% seems really low. And that's how they get people. It's like, oh, 2%, you're going to do everything for me? That's great. But when you really do the math, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars, even more potentially, depending on how big your account is, over the lifetime. Whereas if you get something like an index fund, which is what I fully advocate for, the management fee is usually below 0.1%. The one I have is actually 0.08%. And again, depending on how big that gets over the lifetime, over my lifetime, the lifetime of the account, I will probably pay at most $50,000 in fees. And this is over a lifetime, right? So I know I like, I don't have $50,000 just to be like, here, here you go. Here's my fee. This is like over the lifetime, right? So that means that Someone managing, if I was to pay someone 2% to manage my portfolio for me, they would have to beat the stock market enough so that they could also make up the difference in what I would save by just using an index fund. An index fund is like a mutual fund. A lot of you might've heard of it. A mutual fund is basically like a basket of funds where um, instead of buying like Apple, you know, Apple stock or whatever, it's like a little bit of these companies, a little bit of those companies, a little bit of those companies. And that ends up being like your mar- your mutual friend and you buy a share of it. And then that will grow and it roughly matches the growth of the stock market or whatever index that fund is trying to follow. Now, mutual funds, even though you don't have a personal advisor or a personal someone managing your account, they usually are human managed. So a human is looking at what's in these mutual funds or what stocks are in these mutual funds and what should I add? What should I take out so that I can beat the market? And so mutual funds actually have a higher fee than index funds because there is actually a human on the other end who is managing that. And so the bank has to pay that person. 
Whereas an index fund, it's an algorithm. The compu- it's a computer that looks at the market and the numbers and does all these, you know, complex equations that I couldn't begin to fathom to determine what stocks should be in this basket of funds. And because it's basically an algorithm that's managing your account, the the fees, the management fees are very, very, very low. Like I said, it only costs me I mean, I again, like I have some example math on my Instagram account of this. So you can go look at it if you want to look at some numbers. I don't have numbers right in front of me. But again, depending on how big that account gets over again, my lifetime, we're looking at like maybe $50,000 tops. Whereas if I had someone personally managing that for me, it would be hundreds of thousands of dollars just off the top off of what I make, right? And humans cannot or they have very few humans, look at this way, very few humans have proven to be able to beat the market time and time again. Will there be outliers? Yes. Will there be instances where someone like in 2023 beats the market and they're like, hey, like, look what I did for my clients. I got my clients a 25% return and the market only did a 7% return this year. Look at that. Everyone come by with me. Like that happens a lot, right? However, when you look at the stock market and the growth year after year after year after year, the average is about 7% when you account for inflation. And no human or like very, very few humans can repeat that year after year after year. So even if you see someone on the internet telling you that they beat the market, and they got 25% returns, and so you should do business with them, they more than likely, more than likely cannot replicate that year after year after year after year. So when you're looking at investing, it's really about unlearning and learning what to ignore, which is most of it in the investing world, and really zeroing into your investments around either buying a target date fund, which I've talked about on Instagram, and I'll go more into that as well, Um, in the masterclass that I'm going to teach next month, or building your own portfolio of index funds. I've personally done both. One is definitely like the beginner slash hands-off option. The other one is the more advanced, but also you enjoy doing it (laughs) option. And I think honestly, they're both equally fine. And I'll be teaching that in the masterclass as well. So these are the three big pieces when it comes to running your money how you spend, how you save, and how you invest. And I just want to say one last thing about investing. I know investing is like this really super scary word, and you're afraid you might lose all your money and all that kind of stuff. The stock market, yes, goes up and down. In 2022, the stock market definitely went down the pooper. (laughs) If you have a 401k or any kind of investment account, you know, because you've seen your account, and you're like, oh, damn. But even when that happens, it will recover. And people who stayed in the stock market uh, during the 2008 Great Recession did much, much better than people who got scared and pulled out. Right. Um, And that's a whole, that's a whole other thing that I won't get into as to why. But basically, um, because the stock market does show like an average of about seven to 10% of growth every year. And so if you stick it out, and especially if you have at least 10 years, until you either need the money or you retire, you're going to be not only fine, but better off for it. So this masterclass, I will help you demystify it. Because really, no matter how much money you are making right now, you've got to be, in my opinion, investing. And I just put up a post where I put up a slide on my Instagram where I showed some numbers 
where it's really what's more important is the time that you're investing as opposed to the actual amount you're investing. So if you invest $100 a month into an investment account and you assume about a 7% average rate of return, and I would say that's conservative, but let's just say 7%, it will take you 24 years to hit over six figures to make that account be worth 100000 but it'll only take you a seven additional years to hit 200,000. <laughs> and so your time matters so much more than, you know, who cares if you can't invest $1,000? I literally do not care if you can't invest $1,000 a month. I would rather you, I would rather see you invest $25 a month and then slowly build that to 30 to 35 to 40 um, rather than, you know, waiting for some magical time when you feel like you can afford, you know, putting $500 into your investment account every month. So time matters a lot more than principal. Principal is the amount that you put in. So I'll get off my soapbox there. I have some Instagram posts about it, and we will dive a lot deeper into that in the masterclass next month. And then the last two topics that I'm not going to go into today, but just so you know that they're there, I'm really passionate about talking about when when you talk about personal finance, um, I'm really passionate about also talking about giving or what some people might call voting with your dollars. And the reason that I'm really passionate about this is I talked a lot up top of this episode around my fears around money and my scarcity mindset around money. And like never felt like enough, no matter how much was actually there. And I think what was one of the most powerful things for me to really see is that it wasn't just like my upbringing with my mom saying like, you know, make sure you save your money. But it's also just like a very capitalist. We live in a very capitalist society. I'm not anti-capitalist. It's the most imperfect, best system we have. I think it needs to be regulated more so that it's more fair for people who are not at the top. All of those things, yes. But we do live in a hyper-capitalist system, which means, which basically means like more is better. And sometimes more is just more. It's not necessarily better or worse. It's just more, right? And at what point is it you know, am I no better than Jeff Bezos for, you know, wanting to accumulate a lot of money and then paying like, for example, like a house cleaner, you know, shit money just because I can. Do you know what I mean? And so I really do believe in like being generous with your money. If we're really going to stop this cycle of like hyper capitalism and you're fine if you get at the top, good luck if you're not. And so that can be in the form of charitable giving, right? To like NGOs and non non-governmental organizations, But also it can just be, you know, if you happen to see one of those posts on Facebook or Instagram where like some family had some horrible medical emergency and a friend's posting about that and they have like a, um, you know, a GoFundMe, like you can just, you know, it's, it can be simple as just giving 25, 50, hundred bucks, whatever you have to, to that and really being better than (laughs) Jeff Bezos or other people sitting at the top who are just hoarding an absurd amount of money and then creating penis shaped rockets to go to the moon. Do you know what I mean? I also believe that there are other ways you can make impact without necessarily charitable giving. And I believe that can be in the form of voting with your dollars. So instead of buying everything from Amazon, what would it look like to buy some things from a local, locally owned business or, you know, a BIPOC owned business or a woman owned business um, and really getting some money into, you know, marginalized communities, you know, through their own capitalist business ventures. And, you know, you're not like necessarily 
you know, being charitable. But I do think that it is a way of kind of spreading the wealth and giving other people an opportunity to get a leg up as well. A lot of times people think about giving about in terms of like, oh, I get the tax write off. I'm not a tax attorney. I'm not a CPA. Um, so other, so obviously everyone's situation will vary. So I just want to give that caveat. But for the most part, most people don't actually get to deduct anything for whatever charitable giving that they give. Because of the standard deduction, you would have to actually give quite a bit of money in order to get any tax break at all. It's, you know, mostly, in my opinion, at least the charitable tax break is really just another way in which rich people can pay less taxes. Because if you have like a billion dollars, then yeah, or even a million dollars, or even like, I don't know, whatever, it doesn't matter. If you have like a million dollars, then yeah, you probably can afford to give a big percentage enough away to actually make it be meaningful for taxes. But if you make somewhere between, I don't know, like on the low end, 50 to 100, I don't even have the number because obviously like people, uh, cost of living can vary widely. But if you just make like a quote unquote normal middle income salary, I think you would have to give, if you're a single person, you would have to give at least in 2022, away in order to get a tax break. And if you're making $70,000, and that's before taxes, you probably don't have an extra $12,000 to lay around. You you have money to to give, but probably not $12,000. I mean, maybe you do if you live in a really cheap area. But for the most part, that's not really the case. So don't worry about the whole tax break thing. I mean, of course, if there are organizations that you love and that you su- that you want to support, by all means. But I think um, I know at least for me, like I never wanted to give money away like that wasn't like had a paper trail because like the tax breaks, but it's like it doesn't matter. So just, you know, it can be in the form of charitable giving if you want. It can be in the form of just giving cash to people <laughs> that you want. And it can also be in the form of just allocating a little bit more money to buying things local or BIPOC businesses or women-owned businesses, things like that. And then the final topic is earning more. There's three ways to earn more. Negotiation, new, a new job or side income. I'm not a, negoti- an, a negotiation expert. I know some things. I'm not going to go into it today. I don't know if we'll talk about this in the workshop on or in the in the masterclass next month. If it comes up in the Q&A portion, happy to talk some some top pointers, but there's other people that are certainly more versed. I'm really passionate though about either finding a new job if you're in a shitty situation or underpaid and you can't get a raise. Um, And I'm also really passionate about side income. I've almost always had a side income. Even when I've had my business, I've had a side income to my business. (laughs) And I'm really passionate about it because you know, I just think it adds an extra layer of security. And it's a really good source to of income to use towards goals. Uh, so for example, if you have goals around paying off debt, or if you have goals around saving for a vacation or investing more or whatever it is, like imagine if you just made an extra 200 or $300 a month, and you can like Google those calculators and all that stuff, you can see, okay, if I put $200 more towards my credit card, if I put $200 more towards my retirement account, you know, how much more does that mean? Or how much quicker can I pay that off? And it, it really adds up, it really, really makes a, a difference. So I've almost always had a side income for a long time, my side income was teaching either fitness or yoga classes. I just had this like whim on a whim, like one day in college, like, why am I not teaching fitness classes? I do it every day, it's just get paid to do something I do anyways. And so I got my certification started teaching that and I started teaching yoga. And that's a whole long story of how I got into this business, actually. But and I would make anywhere between like, 
$100 to $500, depending on if I was subbing a lot. And that really continued even when I had, you know, quote unquote, real jobs, like after after college. I've continued to do that certainly at the beginning of my business when I wasn't really making much of a full-time income. But even after I was making a full-time income, I was teaching a lot of yoga on the side and, and fitness classes on the side. One, I do genuinely like it, but again, like it just adds that extra layer of security and really helps me focus in on my goals. Another little trick you can do is if you get paid every other week, so not twice a month, but every other week, just like how there's some months of the year where there's five Thursdays, there's going to be some months of the year where there's five Fridays instead of four. And so you actually get three paychecks. So my first job when I worked at a law firm, I was paid every other week. And so I learned to live on as if I was just paid twice a month. And then I think it's like two or three times a year, you get that third paycheck and it feels like, whoa, this is a lot of money. And so I'm always about like getting some sushi or, you know, another little fun treat. So I'd always do that with the extra paycheck. And then I would put the rest of the paycheck towards a goal, whether at the time I was really trying to build up my emergency fund, because when I started that job, all I had is my leftover student loan money. Or I would pay down my student debt. No, I said that already. No, did I? I don't remember. Um, So I paid down my student debt. I would splurge a little bit. And then if I had something coming up, like I went to Brazil to visit my sister, she was living there. Um, So I'd, you know, use that money to save for those goals. But it was always like a very goal oriented kind of thing. Another way you can make some easy money. um, Gosh, there's so many things I'm just, I said I wasn't going to go into. I'm just going to say two things. One, if you have any kind of admin skills, like there's always opportunities to do virtual assistant work or data entry work online. There's websites that help you connect with business owners that need those kinds of things. And then also another thing that I did in addition to teaching yoga and fitness is I did a lot of dog walking and dog sitting. This is great if you want a dog, but you don't want the expense of a dog or you travel a lot or you're busy. So you feel like it's not fair. Um, We had a dog. So for me to take care of another dog, like I was already walking him every day. I was already feeding him. So it wasn't like a huge deal. Plus then he had a playmate sometimes. And I made some good money, um, especially in the summer months or like around Christmas, New Year's. Um, if I wasn't going anywhere for the holidays, like you, you can really make it make some good money. And I had a lot of like stipulations, like I would not, you know, I would not walk or babysit big dogs because I had no interest in picking up big poop. Um, my husband, I only did this when I was living with my husband, our boyfriend at the time, really, too. But uh, he's allergic to non-hypoallergenic dogs, which is basically most dogs. So like golden retrievers, labs, mixes, all that kind of stuff. So we couldn't have any of those dogs. So mostly that was terriers or any kind of like oodle mixes were usually fine or poodles, um, like straight poodles. And and then I wouldn't take certain breeds just because, I don't know, I was just nervous. Um, like breeds that just have like a, we'll just say a bad reputation um, or that really need the right owner to train them so that they're not aggressive. So when you take out all of that, like the majority of people that were messaging me were not good fits to be clients. Um, but even even with all those stipulations, I still made anywhere between 200 to $1,000 extra a month. And again, like if my business totally went to zero, that wouldn't be enough to like pay for everything. But it certainly helps when things are going okay and going fine to put money towards other goals Um, So just ask yourself, like, what would you do with an extra $50 a month, extra $100 a month? And getting some side income can, you know, really be a great idea, I think, for, again, most, most people. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about this masterclass. I've been talking about it or alluding to it a lot throughout the workshop. So again, it comes in two parts. The first part is totally optional, and it's called Get Your Debt Paid Off 
uh, masterclass. And that is going to be on April 15th from 10am to 12pm Eastern Standard Time. And yes, it's recorded if you can't make it live. Now I know when you have debt, it can be very stressful. And you're like, Oh my god, I can't spend any more money. So I put this on a sliding scale. The price of the program or the masterclass is $99. But you can pay anywhere between 49 and 99 to come. I'm not looking at who's paying what. So like when you're on the class, I'm gonna have no idea how much you paid. So I'm not going to like be judging you or whatever. And this is really geared towards high interest debt. So if you have credit card debt or bad habits with credit cards or personal loans, or a high interest car loan, or maybe a car you can't quite afford, um, this is the class for you. And it's not required that you do it before the Run Your Money Masterclass. But I think it'll make everything else more applicable because you really do have to have this part of your personal finance running smoothly um, before you do the Run Your Money Masterclass and really get the most out of that. Now, these classes are 10 days apart. So are you going to have all your debt paid off in 10 days? Some of you might. <laughs> I've definitely seen it, but but most of you aren't, right? But you do need to have a system behind it so that you can get the most out of the rest of the masterclass. And I know you might be thinking, well, should I just pay my debt first or emergency fund or debt or retirement? And I'm going to talk all about that both in the run your money and also the get your debt paid off masterclass. Um, so we'll talk more about that as well. So if you've got like a lot of debt and a lot of payments and it's really stressing you out and you, you know, are a single parent or um, BIPOC or, you know, don't come necessarily from the most privileged background, then like feel free to come for $49 or on the lower end of this range. And if you have a lot of debt, um, but also you think it's fine, but now you're kind of thinking maybe I should pay it off um, and you can still have your Netflix and go on vacations and all that kind of stuff, then you're going to want to think about joining closer to either the full price or, you know, on that upper um, upper range. And I've got some more things to for you to think about on the info page as well as to where you might want to be in that um, price range. Um, but again, I don't want you to stress too much about it. I know people can get in like, <laughs> can get their... Uh, panties all twisted around it. And I really just want you to feel what feels good for you, what feels doable for you. And I really do think that like, regardless of whether you come for $49 or $99, like this is going to save you way more than that amount of money, because I'm going to talk about how you can pay your debt off faster, get interest rates lower, all that kind of stuff. And that depending on how much debt you have, that can save you hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. And then the second part of the masterclass is the run your money masterclass. And so if you do not have credit card debt, or you don't have high interest debt, this is where you will want to start. Again, if you have a student loan payment that you are paying regularly, and everything's fine, or if you have a mortgage, and you're paying the minimum payment for that, and everything's fine, like you don't need to come to the debt class, again, unless you want to. But even if you have extra money left over, I probably wouldn't tell you to pay down your mortgage faster. I would probably tell you to do other things with it. I think there's more strategic things you can do. So the debt masterclass is really not going to be for you. The Run Your Money Masterclass is April 25th. That's a Tuesday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern time. And then there's going to be a Q&A on April 29th, which is a Saturday from 10.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. Eastern time. So all of this is recorded. You can pre-submit questions. If you can't make the classes, you can listen to the recordings and then come to the Q&A. If you can't come to the Q&A, you can submit a question, all the things, right? And by the way, if I need to stay on longer to answer questions on Saturday morning, the 29th, like I'm perfectly happy to do so. 
And so the Run Your Money Masterclass is $99. And that's early bird until April 7th. So that's a week from now. And then the regular price is $129. And just like the the debt masterclass, if you start investing and saving and take, doing the accounts and all that kind of stuff that I recommend you do and kind of getting your spending under control, all that kind of stuff, like, I mean, I'm not even like exaggerating. You can literally, that can literally save you or earn you hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. So um, these, after I get back from attorney leave, will become um, larger courses that I will teach in some sort of style, whether it's like a more traditional course or some sort of membership where we can have like money dates and all that kind of stuff. I'm not really sure what that's going to look like. But for right now, this is, I guess you could you could call it beta, I guess. Um, so, but it certainly is beta pricing. And if you do eventually want to do some of the other things that I'm going to be doing in the fall or next year when I get back from maternity leave, then anyone who joins either one of these classes will get, you know, a special discount for whatever is else is coming down the road. And you might not even want anything else. This might be enough for you. Or you might want to dig in or have more of a community of women to talk about money stuff and, you know, get ideas and all that kind of stuff with. So anyways, that is the that is the deal. If you would like to sign up, then head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash run your money. There is info on both the part one and part two. So the debt masterclass and the run your money masterclass. Again, you do not have to do, you can, you can pick one or the other. You don't have to do both. You can just say, you know what? I just want to focus on the debt right now. I'll do the run your money stuff later on. Um, and again, if you don't have debt, then just sign up for the run your money. And if you have debt, but then also you just want to run your money <laughs> and be good with money, then I recommend doing both. And the debt masterclass is an addition to the run your money masterclass. So again, you can either pay for one or you can pay for both. And the debt, the debt portion is at a sliding scale. All right. I think that's everything I've got for you. Um, again, if you just want more bite-sized money lessons every day, then head over to my Instagram, Veronica E. Grant. I can't wait to hear your thoughts about this episode. I literally thought it was going to be 30 minutes, but here we are an hour in. So I guess it's good that I'm allocating this much time to teach all this content to you um, in the masterclasses because it's um, it's good stuff. And I love talking about it. And I think it's important. It's it's not just about like getting rich to get rich. It's It's really about like owning your worth, owning your independence. I really believe that. And, and and I think this will help in your relationships and dating. So I know people listening to this podcast, at least are single and dating or wanting to date maybe from Instagram a little bit. But you know, this stuff matters, because if your money stuff is not in, in, um, in check with, you know, when you're dating or in relationships, then it can show up in various ways, it can be a source of conflict, big conflict, potentially, it can also get you trapped in a relationship. It can get you spending money on a person who maybe it's not the best idea, taking out credit cards with them, like all this like really horrible stuff that I've seen. Um, and so having this stuff in order really, really helps, you know, build, I think, a healthy connection, um, you know, later on when you do meet the right person. All right. So again, veronicagrant.com forward slash run your money to join me for these masterclasses. Veronica E. Grant is where I'm over on Instagram. You can send me DMs as well there or post in the comments any questions you have either about the class or just about money stuff in general. Happy to help you over there. And that's all I've got for you. So thank you so much for listening to this bonus episode. I will see you next week with a brand new coaching episode and we'll talk soon. 
Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And that's also the place you can sign up to be coached by me here on the show. And if you love this podcast, please leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps more incredible women like you find this show and find real love. Until next time, remember, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You're not broken and you don't need to be fixed. Just because you've never had the relationship you want before doesn't mean you can't have it now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.